0: All right, welcome back in. It's hour two of the realist show on radio, your daily dose of reality radio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Having those uncomfortable conversations y'all keep telling me we need to have. That's what we do here every Monday through Friday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. right here on the FM dial. Hey guys, if you miss any of this, want to go back and listen to it later, I do podcast every show. It's available. I try to get it up by 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to the best of my ability. But uh, by 10, 10.30 at the absolute latest, go to wherever you download podcasts, stream music, listen to audiobooks, any of that stuff. It goes everywhere. Just search Clay Edwards Show. And uh, hit the subscribe button. Leave me a good review, a bad review, whatever. I I take love and I take hate. At least you're listening. Hey, real quick, this segment brought to you by by my good friends down there at Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Getting out car shopping this weekend. Come be some beautiful weather. Get down there to Crystal Springs, stop in, especially if you're in the market for a vehicle in that ten to twenty thousand dollar range. I know that sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's just not a lot of money for a car nowadays. They got you covered. And here's the other great thing credit, not gonna be a problem too much down there. If you got proof of income, proof of residence, got a little down payment, they get really, really good chance they're gonna get you rolling. And of course they have programs available for folks with good credit too. So check them out, mercyhouseautocenter.com, and don't forget, if you've got a vehicle in your driveway you want to get rid of, running or not, you can donate it to Mercy House Teen Challenge and get the tax write-off for that vehicle. So hey, as long as you got a clean title, let's make, let's make that headache in the driveway go away. Donate it, it's going to a good cause, and you get the tax write-off, and uh, after all, the, after paying all their expenses and whatnot, the pro, the proceeds go to Mercy House Teen Challenge, which helps beat addiction and put fathers back in homes, something that is very, very important to all of us. We talk about fatherless homes and the breakdown of society and all that stuff. You can have a part in helping fix that by helping put fathers back in homes as they beat addiction. That's mercyhouseautocenter.com. All right, joined here in the studio, Russ Latino with com, and Sean Yerkeron with com. <laughs> Candace, you know uh, I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna to jump on Candace Owens That's what I call Kim Wade, everybody That's, that's our nickname, our text thread, is Candace Owens So <laughs> <laughs> so. so Hey, um, you know, in in, in closing About that last, the, the, what we spent
0: the last hour Talking about, you know, with Brian Bailey and the stuff from New York Times And everything, uh, a, a great point In that article is the fact that You know, we have a sitting sheriff um, That they have proof of eight plus Felonies that have been committed you know in that article there you know so of course the uh the, the time has come and gone for anything to be done about it but mm-hmm. you know that that's a bad situation we'll see how it rectifies it's going to be very interesting to watch you want to talk about a hot seat coaches on hot seats brian bailey's on hot seat
1: yeah i mean you know he just hates to open the paper every morning Just just you know like oh god what's next
0: i look at it like my comment section on the save jackson instagram i don't i don't look at it well,
2: I mean, look—you've got a guy sitting out by the the courthouse in Brandon every Saturday morning I with a sign.
0: I go get coffee there at Mocha Mugs, and I see that guy. I've been meaning to stop and ask him who he is, just for, just for conversation. I'm curious, you know. Yeah. So, what, is, what kind so of the, sign does the guy have? Bailey got to go. Oh, Bailey got to go. Something to that extent. Huh. Every Saturday morning, you know. So, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how it all unfolds.
1: I mean, if there's any more. If it gets any more salacious than what we've already heard or whatever's happened, that's going to be just incredible. But nothing would shock me at this point.
0: No, nothing. All right, uh, let's shift gears. we got a big uh, governor's race going on, man. Been a lot of stuff going on. I know I've been very hot on um, Brandon Presley's comments about uh, politicians who fly private to campaign, don't speak for the people. And then what does he do? He posts a picture, a selfie of himself flying private, and then immediately deletes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I've I've changed my tune a little bit on, on Presley. I, I was not 100% against him, but and he's still got some things that I do support. I, as a conservative, I feel like I'm in the minority when I say this. I do support Medicaid expansion of some sort. So <clears throat> I do like that, but neither here nor there. Uh, Russ, where where are you at on this, man? What, what What's the pulse of Mississippi saying about Presley and Tate and the whole nine yards?
2: You know, I, I said very early on in this race that I think Brandon is a good retail politician. If you ever hear him on the stump, he's colloquial. He's got that all shucks, how's your mama and them kind of thing going on?
0: I've heard him twice here recently between Neshoba and the Rankin County Breakfast out there at McLean's. And the, the second time, I didn't see who was speaking at McLean's. I I thought it was Michael Guest for a second, and I, and and you tell me hearing, about this. And yeah. I started hearing Medicaid, because where I was at, I couldn't see. I started hearing Medicaid, and I so I looked over who I was with. I'm like, who, who's up there? They're like, oh, it's Presley. I was like, man, he was saying things I liked, and uh, you know, until I got to the Medicaid, and it just made me. Well, that's not a conservative cause we they don't say that out loud. You yeah, know? so I, he does. He does retail politics
2: very well. I, I think, so, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I didn't mean to step on you there. I think to just finish the thought quick, quickly. He is talented from a retail perspective, but I've also always said he's got no chance to win this election. And I stand by that, and I've said it multiple times over the course of the election because the tightrope that he's got to walk is not one that I think anybody could walk in the current political dynamic. He's got to figure out a way to energize a base of Democrats, particularly African-American Democrats that have been reticent in the past to get behind a white Democrat. Um, And that's a challenge, At the same time, he's got to get enough people who typically vote Republican to cross over. And I saw a political scientist describe it early on as playing whack-a-mole, where you gain one part of the constituency that you need to win, and you lose the other part of the constituency. Mm -hmm. The other problem that he's had throughout this thing, and he's raised decent money, but he's not raised the kind of money that was needed to build the name ID, um, coming in with a huge name ID deficit, was that in order to attract Democrat mega donors with real money... You gotta be not pro-life, not pro gun, you know, all of those things that he's trying to say to get Republicans over are the things that prevent the people that gave Stacey Abrams a hundred million dollars from writing big checks to Brandon. Yeah. And so just from a from a mechanic standpoint, it was never going to be, in my mind, an an easy thing or even a possible thing for him to win. You know, have I been wrong before? Yeah. Could we wake up, you know, at the end of the election cycle and i got to come in here and eat crow? Maybe. But I will tell you that I'm pretty confident in saying Tate Reeves is going to win this election. Regardless of what you think about him, the dynamics just don't play in Brandon's favor.
1: Yeah, I was going to, you know, people joke about me being a conservative Democrat, but I'm like, Brandon has has played that pretty hard, like you're saying. Like he's got a commercial, and I'm sure we've all seen it. But he's holding the Bible. He's talking about consulting with the Bible, and and he that he's pro life, and that he says all these, you know, basically. I mean, he sounds like a Republican, except for Medicaid expansion. I don't know any other issue that he's got a liberal position on that I've heard. And I think to what you're goes to what you're saying, Russ. Jim Hood tried this a little bit in 2019 to try to pick off Republican votes against Tate and keep African American vote. And I don't know if anybody remembers the Jim Hood. He was making ammunition in one commercial. Does everybody remember that? Yeah. And playing, and they call it the. You know, he was trying to get the Bubba vote out there, yeah. and he wasn't successful. And I think, um, and I think Jim actually had a better shot of doing that than Brandon does because he kind of is one of those guys. You know, he is that is who kind of Jim Hood is. And I think Brandon's got a little bit more of a problem with that than uh, he would. But I don't even I don't even remember. And one of you guys might did Jim Hood say anything about his position on abortion? I don't even remember if he did or not. If he, that he made an remember. explicit statement. Brandon's yeah. made an explicit statement that he's pro-life, and, and then it goes what to Russ is saying that he can't get Democrat mega donors because of that. Um, I don't remember what Jim did on that issue though. I cannot recall.
0: Well, I sent him a message. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I sent him a message uh, when we got about the COVID stuff or whatever, and and when he replied back, I told him I said, you know, if you want if you want to try to flip Republicans, angry Republicans that are bitter at Tate, mm. you're, you're you're going at it wrong with the tenth stuff. That's not. But that, that, that's, you're going to get those people who are upset about that, you got their vote already. I think you're wasting your time with this. You need to go after Tate's COVID policies. Yeah. And that's where, like, I know the listeners of this station are the most disgruntled with Tate. I know it's absolutely where Clay Edwards is the most disgruntled with Tate. You know, I think I would attack him on that more so than trying to connect him to the TAMP stuff. That's just, a, in my opinion, at least in the circles I run in, the TAMP stuff, TANF, however you want to say it, is a nothing sandwich.
2: Well, I would say, look, TANF is is not a nothing sandwich in the sense that clearly crimes were committed. There was an abuse of public funds. Where it is arguably a nothing sandwich is in these extremely attenuated attempts to connect. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Yes. And so if you're making these huge stretches to try and draw a connection, um, over time I think you lose a lot of credibility. And what you see candidly from the polling um, polling that Siena and Mississippi College did, it showed on the two issues that Brandon has spent millions of dollars hammering Tate on that Tate was dead even with him on those two issues, right, on on hospitals and on TANF. Um, so he had spent all this money trying to say, look at this destroyer of hospitals. Look at this corrupt guy over here. And the end result is, even with all that money spent on those two issues, they were, they were neck and neck and everything else, Tate's leading them, right? And so, you know, in my brain, this is a, a probably a five- to seven-point race. I think people look back at the Phil Bryant years sometimes, and they're like, oh, you're supposed to win with 65% of the vote. Well, in fairness to Tate, Phil Bryant ran against a truck driver that didn't vote for himself yeah, yeah. in that second run, right? He <laughs> didn't, <laughs> He didn't have real competition. Yeah, the way that Mississippi sets up is that you know a, a plausible Democrat starts with forty percent, forty-two percent, and then they have the ability to maybe get up another four or five percent. But until something changes the dynamic, you know, I think Tate's a five to seven point winner in this race. Um, you know, I've not seen anything that Brandon's done to eat into that, and the best shots that he's thrown have only brought him even on those two issues.
0: Yeah, I, I will say that it, uh, post the truck driver guy, the Democrat Party has done a much better job rolling candidates out uh, on the governor's truck side. Truck driver guy,
1: from, just, it, just, it is comical from, you, from, duck, from
0: you know, from from Hood, Robert, Hood, Gray. Just, uh,
2: Robert Gray was his name. <laughs> thank you.
0: From uh, I mean, e- even even Black Twitter was upset about that at the time. I just remember you know like like some of their most outspoken uh, Black Democrats in and around Jackson being very upset at the Democrat Party for their inability to find a. A candidate to run well there was
1: vicky oh, vicky forget. slater vicky slater was running that year and she had a big party and announcement you remember that oh yeah and uh it didn't and then this the truck driver beat her in the primary
2: so vicky slater <laughs> was the presumptive Democratic nominee in 15 she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars um she had all of the party apparatus behind her and you had a guy that was like a virtual unknown uh come out of nowhere you know with robert gray and 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 beat her um, but you know, then on the day of the election was was he's a long haul truck driver. He wasn't even in state; didn't vote for himself. Um, so so I think sometimes the comparisons that you hear, well, why isn't Tate winning the way that Phil Bryant won? One, they're different people, right? I mean, Phil was this incredible sort of retail politician guy, but two, the competition levels night and day. You had Jim Hood who had won statewide elections over and over again. Brandon Presley, who is a talented retail politician. Um, against Tate, I, I think that you're right. The Democrats have done better in that top spot. But if you look down ballot, they're struggling, right? Sure. And and I think the legislature is probably the best example of this. If you looked on qualifying day, and of course, the Democrats didn't actually turn in their paperwork on qualifying day. No, nobody actually talks about that very much, but they missed the deadline to turn in their qualifying paperwork as a party. Uh, but if you look at the list, once it get, did get turned in, if Democrats had won every single House and Senate seat that they qualified a candidate for, Republicans would have still had a supermajority in the legislature. Yeah. So that's how, that's how difficult it's become for them to field candidates. I candidly don't think it's a good thing, right? I think we'd be much better off as a state if there was legitimate competition that forced people to own a set of beliefs.
0: I, I 100% agree. I believe it's... Uh, either Stephen Yatroska, uh, I believe, said it. He's like, man, when when everybody's... When everybody's a Republican, nobody's a Republican. Yeah. Something to that that extent. We're very, I mean, it shows out that we're a purple state more so than red anyway in a lot of the policies and whatnot. So I I think you have a lot of white liberals who flip to Republican because you had to be Republican to win. And they're down there doing white liberal stuff. That's I think just my also, personal opinion.
1: Example two is like, you know, everybody, I know y'all, especially on the conservative side, use California as an example of being overregulated and all the issues with that. But I mean, that's a one party rule state for the most part. I mean, they got, a, I think they probably have a higher percentage of Republicans than we do have Democrats here. I don't actually know what the ba- breakdown is, but you see when one. Ideology runs a state. That's what you know. That's a lot of things you get. You get Bill Maher who can't get his um, you know energy upgrades approved for three years and things like, and things like that. And all the people that are making the exodus from California because they can't you know can't afford a home and um, the other issues of issues. So I think you know kind of what Russ is saying. I mean, it's like when it's too much on one side. You know where do you end up? I think that's bad. Well, you want a true tug so, of war.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. you you want you want at least the kind of competition where iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. And there's there's something something real to that concept, I would say this, like, you know, Mississippi is a socially conservative state, Mm -hmm. um, which is why you have a Democrat politician running around talking about being pro-gun and pro-life. But I think what you see more and more of is that there's a difference between social conservatism and economic conservatism, and in a lot of ways, we're much more in that social conservative bucket than we are in the sort of traditional economic conservative bucket.
0: All right, let's take a call real quick. I believe we got Ryan on the line. Hey, Ryan, good morning.
2: Hey, man, long
3: time no here, man. I've been kind of busy, but I'm glad I caught the show today. Yeah, absolutely. How you doing? Good. I think um, the only way Brandon can win, man, he just got a lot of black folks. A lot of black folks say he's going to get re- reparations, even though we know he's lying. If he said that, he'll win. I'm just saying. But um, did he
0: say he was for reparations?
3: No, I don't think so. Okay. That's the only way he'll win. I okay. mean, that's, that, that's just it. Just a lot of black folks say, hey, we're going to get reparations. We're going to even consider it that's the only way he's gonna win man other than that man he just might want well sit down or he talk about weed but you know other than that man i, I think he's 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 dead in the
1: water ryan i'll uh, talk about that with you if you want <laughs> so.
3: yeah I, I know i know <laughs> 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 i know man uh but that's the only way i think he can win man uh i just can't see myself voting for for Tate, man and, and uh I, i'm a conservative but i just I, I i just i just can't pull the trigger man i you know, a lot of people talk about you know the you know the right to vote, but you also have the right not to vote. And I think I'm just withholding my vote. Right. Um,
0: Let me ask you this real quick. You said you just can't you call yourself say you're conservative, and but you can't vote for Tate. What is the sticking point? Like, what's what's the hot button issue for you on Tate?
3: Well, um, you know, just to and again, this may go against some conservative values, but to expand Medicare, um, I um, I. No, Medicaid. I'm sorry, I mess it uh, up
0: all the time. It's okay.
3: Yeah, it, that that's the, that's the thing. Um, I, I I just I don't understand why he won't. Yes, I won't let the government. I do, and I know that may be contradictory, but I I, I don't understand why he won't do it. And I think Mississippi is behind everybody when we can't do something as simple as that. And um, we just I think we need some stronger regulations to make sure that it's not abused. Uh, The system, because it is is abused, but I still think it needs to be expanded. That's my one thing. And plus, I just don't like the way Tate looks, man. I'm sorry. All
0: right. Ryan, I got to take my (laughs) break, brother. We'll unpack that on the other side of the break, man. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Congratulations on your anniversary, too.
3: Hey, man, thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. See you later. All right, caller, stay on hold. We'll come back to you after this break. This is The Clay Edwards Show with Russ Latino and Sean Yerkron. We'll be right back on 103.9 FM WYAB. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're gonna go straight to the phone lines here. Hey, caller, you're on there. Oh wait, hold on. I gotta. I'm gonna have to kill one of these lines real quick. Sorry. Hey, you're on there. Hello. Are you talking to me or Elrod? You you L call back.
4: <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, um, this prompted the call with your previous guy saying he's a conservative. I always laugh about that because you'll have people call in or say I'm a conservative but when you ask them about their beliefs it's always well, I believe in, you know, it's all liberalism. So, Sean, you know, I guess you're conservative if you go by what they say. You
1: know, well, everybody you know. says that now, so I guess. So so, I mean, you know, basically. I've hey, not said that. We're weed. But
2: weed. Everybody. Yay, <laughs> we got weed. Weed. Um,
1: everybody loves weed, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest <laughs> well, here.
4: Not, I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, hey, everybody likes cocaine, too, don't they? I, I, don't, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> Portland <laughs> yeah, Portland, Seattle, like it. Uh, quickly, Medicaid expansion. The reason anybody should be against it is because you're on the hook. We ain't got the money. Once they pour the federal funding on it, it all sounds good. But it's like, hey man, you get to, you pay 75% for this steak meal. Just sign right here, and you got to come every Friday night. And we're going to pay for the first first six Friday nights. And after that, you're on your own. They can raise the prices whatever they need. And secondly, Russ, you're you're a political guru. The Kabuki theater that we have in the United States Senate and Congress, you know, I'm looking at something I just sent to Clay. They're all having these Kabuki votes about stripping money for the Ukraine and stopping all these uh, illegals. They vote for it, and in the middle of the night, they voted 311 to 100 to restore funding for the Ukraine. So if you go to Super Talk Russ and you're on there, and they keep talking about, oh, look what our our congressman did. He voted against it. Well. Look, about 10 hours later, he voted for it. And then the same thing on the border. Oh, we're getting tough on the border. 10 hours later, guess what? They're doing the same thing. So, so, so are you suggesting all, that, all, that there are show all, votes? I sound to say, I voted for it before I was against it or against it before I was for it. So, you know, Russ, when you're, you're talking to them, tell him there's a few people who read, but the majority of them are like the guy just wants weed, baby. Just want that weed. <laughs> Give me some weed.
0: Right, Jay. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> appreciate it, brother. Have a great weekend, Jerry. Let's take one more call before we uh, move on. Hey, sorry for hanging up on you there, brother. You're on there. What's up? Hey, you're on. You're live.
5: It's there, Rod. What's going on? Uh, you, you was asking uh, what reason I would have to vote against Tate Reed. Yeah, I have one reason, to be honest with you. And I remember when he told me that I didn't deserve to be able to work and, and put food in my family's mouth. He shut me down, he shut everybody down. He didn't have that authority, but he did it anyway. And uh, I've never hit it. Get him turn regular citizens, my friends against me wanting to turn my wife in and destroy her career because of, a, of some mandate that he had to push across his we almost lost everything, man because I'm unessential. I'll never forget that he'll never live that down and then that's that's i got to put my two cents in on, on that that that's the bottom line
0: hey that's why but we it opened doesn't
5: matter the, you, you you vote doesn't matter anyway
0: so. hey that's why we opened the phone lines up brother that's why I started doing this because i mean I was essential but so many of my friends quote unquote were unessential and that's why I turned the camera on myself and started running my mouth so i could be the voice for you for uh, for people hey brother I,
5: I loved it man thank you for doing it appreciate yep. it
0: appreciate you all right have a blessed weekend man
2: yeah, you do, Brad.
0: Mm, thanks. All right, Sam, so, I mean, this, this is where the passion comes in. No, and I appreciate
2: know? the passion. I mean, look, the, the truth is that at the beginning of COVID, there was an artificial distinction created that it should have never been created between this notion of essential versus non-essential workers. All workers are essential because work is essential to human well-being. Amen. Right? And, and we've got to restore in people the idea that work is not a hustle, Work is what gives us meaning in life. It's one of the things that gives us meaning in life that allows us to be productive, that allows us to earn success, and ultimately allows us to feel good about ourselves knowing that we've done something to take care of ourselves and take care of our families. So I get the passion. I would say this, though, that if you look at Mississippi versus most states, we were probably one of the least restrictive states in the entire country. And I think the governor, to his credit, very early on realized this distinction that's been drawn between essential and non-essential workers is not one that we're going to persist with, right? You think about the very beginning of that pandemic, and right, wrong, or indifferent, what we were being told was that this was the functional equivalent of the Spanish flu. The this, bubonic plague. The bubonic plague, right? Millions of people are going to die. And so in those initial days, when people are, the best minds that you've got access to are telling you this could be, like significant in terms of deaths, we're in the millions of deaths. I, you've got to have some grace and understanding for, as a leader, the calculus, which is do I do nothing based on the evidence that I'm being given with, and maybe the end result of that is that hundreds of thousands of my people die, or do I look at it and say, for a short period, we're going to be restrictive until we know enough information on whether or not we should. You could debate that, but I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody to have had the view, hey, in light of what I'm being told, let's be safe on the front end. Yeah, and
0: and when we come back from the break, I want to take that very concept and I want to shift gears into people's distrust of the medical establishment and the media establishment and, and how I think COVID – and 2020 completely broke everybody. Let's take a let's take one more call before we go to the break here. The phones ain't rang all week, so we finally get a few phone calls. I like to I like to answer that. People have gotten spoiled with the text line, so <laughs> hey, you're on the air, brother.
6: Yeah, see, I was just about the text, but uh, <laughs> but you're your guest uh, said what he said. Okay, so and to the caller's point, and we've gone back and forth and on, on this clay it's I know that people want to gripe on Tate, and I don't personally like Tate. I think he's kind of spineless, but it's just like, sure, he gave the edict or the mandate, but at what point do you – I mean, I guess those people trust the government, so they follow the the letter of the law. But if it's your business and it's about to go under – Right, like, you have to open that business and take what comes
0: with it. Well, I know some that did, like uh, Melissa Kirksey out there, at Bonnie Blair's at the time. She she did the fight, and I think it damn near cost her her liquor license and ten thousand dollars. And I, yeah, I mean, and what do you that do? That sounds like a
6: lawsuit. That sounds like a lawsuit to me. Yeah, I mean, but if you shut down and you follow the rule of the law, then I, I just don't see a legal way out of that. I know,
0: but everybody ain't and got then, the money to fight a lawsuit.
6: I understand that, and then to the to the guest's point, yeah. As, as a leader, what do you do? I, I just say you give your your citizens the best information that you have, and let them make the decisions whether they want to go outside or not and deal with this virus. Yeah, you. I mean, it's. I mean, <laughs> accepting. Um, oh, well, a little tyranny here is not bad, yeah. but like, just give my people the freedom to say. What decision do we need to make?
0: Well, and that, they didn't do that soon enough for me. All right, brother, I got to take my break, man. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. bye. We'll be right back on The Clay Edwards Show. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards Show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on The Clay Edwards Show. And check out all things Clay Edwards at com for shirts and more. Peace.